You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 56. Hey guys, if you're a new listener to my podcast, my name is Jai. I'm a wedding photographer, creative entrepreneur and educator and I'm always bringing the value on the podcast to help people level up on their business. So I also get interviewed quite a lot on other people's podcasts. So today is a repurposed podcast episode from a really nice podcast called The Up and Becoming. So the host there, Kurt Bingham, he asks me tons of questions that I felt like were really valuable and I think you guys will get a lot from it as well. So I really wanted to bring this episode to you. So I hope everyone's doing well. I won't waste too much of your time. We'll dive straight in. Before I do, just want to let you know, I do have a free workshop coming up for wedding photographers called How to Build Your Six-Figure Wedding Photography Business with My Framework. If you just head over to jialong.co, you'll be able to sign up there and you'll get an email and the rest is history. It is live. It is a bit of a party. Everyone gets involved. It's a lot of fun. I don't want you to miss it. So let's dive in, jialong.co. So if you can see one light, like if you can see one candle, then that to me is so much hope. It's like, oh my God, look at that. Like you're telling me it's dark. Like look at that one little sparkle of light. It's all I need. Hey, hey, welcome to the Up and Becoming podcast, a space for inspiring and empowering conversations for the dreamers, creators, and self-starters. I'm Kurt Bingham, your host. And it's so good to have you here. Today, you're in for a treat because I was just gobsmacked by this conversation. The person I'm interviewing is someone that really inspires me. His name is Jai Long. He's an entrepreneur, educator, and photographer. We talk about mindsets, um, facing adversity, and honestly, how to change your life, how to pursue your dreams, and reach for the things that you don't think you're capable of because you are so enjoy hey 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 mate how you doing good kurt it's good to be on your show mate yeah thanks so much for being here i guess um jay you you haven't always been a creative would you say or um, has that been something in the past um, like, little bit or like past 10 years? No, I would say I was always a creative. So like grow, growing up, I always played guitar. Um, art was my best subject at school. Um, my grandfather was an artist. My great grandfather is a photographer. So it's not something that I've pursued as a job forever, but it's definitely something that, yeah, I do forever. That's awesome. And, um, I guess when you were little, what what did you want to become? There was a few different jobs I wanted to become. Um, One was an architect. I just loved drawing houses and I would always draw houses. Um, I wanted to become an airline pilot and I wanted to be a radio station DJ. So kind of like on Triple (laughs) J or something like that. Like there were the three big things that I was like, if I grew up and I'd become one of those, that'd be really cool. That's awesome. I feel like you're you're already doing a few of those in a way because one, you just bought a well. When did you buy that piece of land? Um, oh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yes, totally. So you get to be an architect now, kind of. <laughs> totally. I'm still drawing pictures of houses, so it is really cool. And I did go to get my airline license, so I have been flying around and um, I've got my log books and I've been going towards my license for that. And the Triple J thing, that never happened, but I do have a podcast. And hey. I guess as the world evolves, like so does media and so does opportunities. So I am pursuing my passions, I guess. Yeah, that's actually, that's so cool. And um, how is the, how is the property going? How is that? Um... Yeah, so I bought a property up near Byron Bay in Australia and um, it's a, that's been a lifelong dream for me. And yeah, I think it's, it's big because I'm not up there and I'm stuck in Melbourne. So I can't go up there and even, I haven't even seen the property. Um, wow. So I want to go up and I want to check it out and get started working on it. But, you know things happen and now I'm just doing it off site. So I've actually got a few other properties and it's funny because every property I have bought, I didn't see the properties before I bought them, which is really interesting. <laughs> Who are you putting your trust in to find the properties for you? Uh, basically, I know the areas anyway and I put the trust into my mathematics and just working out what the numbers are on paper before I get emotionally attached to the actual property and then that kind of comes second to make sure that it's like a good investment and then I work on like, you know, is it a good location? Will it work well? Will it um, appreciate and value going forward and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah. That's, well, I I think I'm, one of the biggest dreams I have is to have like a beach shack um, along the coast one day. So, I didn't know that you had several properties. So, that's, um, that's actually, in, that's insane. Is there, there a go. particular... Um, is there a particular thing in this this house in Byron that you're really looking forward to building? Like when, um, you, dream, yeah. when you dream of it, when you see it in your mind? Totally. I, um, I'm buying an old Queenslander house from Brisbane and it's coming down on, on trucks. So two trucks are bringing it down and we are piecing it back together and then I'm building like... So that's going to be like a 100-year-old house at the front and then we're going to make an ultra-modern um, section at the back where so it's, it's like you're living in heritage and I think that's going to be really cool especially with the beach fires but then you still got the comfort of a, like a nice kitchen and a nice bathroom and things like that so I'm really excited to work with my architect and kind of smash the two different styles together and see what happens and see if it turns out oh my gosh that's wow that is amazing so man I'll, uh, I can't wait to come see it one day. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> totally. Who knew? I didn't even know that they could bring houses on trailers to other locations. So, I know, man. I always do things that is harder and not normal. So, yes. why not? Why not with my own house? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and I guess for the the people that don't know you, Jai, like today you're known as uh, a wedding photographer, photographer, entrepreneur educator you've spoken um i would like i guess across the world on um on creativity and and photography um and that that always wasn't the case uh where did that all begin like when did you pick up a camera um i know a little bit about your story just with you going to america and just dropping pretty much everything to shoot weddings uh could you tell us a little bit about that yeah totally um it all sort of started, I was always into music and I played a lot of music and I used to go and play 
gigs up around Brisbane with my wife and um, I had a cafe and I used to play gigs there and I'd always be cruising around with my guitar and playing a lot of music. And one of my good friends, well, actually two of my good friends growing up were photographers. Um, they just obsessed over photography and they'd take lots of photos and I didn't understand what the obsession was. And one of my good friends, he would take photos and then I'd always critique his photo and tell him how he could have taken it better. <laughs> and one day he kind of, um, he said to me like, well, if you can do it so much better, then why don't you do photography? And then from there, I actually bought his camera. Um, so he upgraded and I bought his camera and it was just some crappy camera. And I was on my way out to the mines in Western Australia. So I didn't, I had so much, um, I had so much time because I didn't know anyone over there. So I remember I landed and we went and stayed at our accommodation, which was very derelict. And then I was working on a community hospital in this mining town and every afternoon I would get the work truck and then I would go down to the coast and I'll take this old camera with me and I'll just take photos of waves and I'll take photos of crabs and whatever, whatever was happening. And that went on for about six months. Um, but I started making some more money as well. And then I decided to buy a new lens and I decided to buy a new camera and I was just practicing, practicing like every afternoon. I didn't want to tell all my workmates what I was doing. Because, you know, everyone basically went straight to the pub and then they get blind drunk till like one in the morning and then it'll repeat, you know, every single day. Yeah. And I did that for about a week and I just wasn't that excited about it. So, yeah, I found my passion there for photography and I started a blog and the blog was called Free the Bird. And this blog, basically, I, um, I called it Free the Bird because I didn't want all my tradie friends to know that I was doing photography and I was publishing all this stuff and... I started an Instagram account and my work got more and more traction just over time. And then one day um, I opened up my emails and I had about a thousand emails and I thought maybe I got hacked or something. But what happened was WordPress, where my blog was hosted, actually featured my blog on their home page. So I was like the weekly feature. And it just blew up my photography because wow. people were asking if they could buy my photography or if they can hire me and, you know, so on. And so I actually sold some photos and then people asked me if I could shoot their wedding. I've never been to a wedding before, but I said, yeah, <laughs> like, let's do it. Um, then I came back over to the East Coast and I moved to Melbourne and I was running a big electrical job there. And I was really just kept thinking about like photography. I was like, man, I don't really care about making money. Like, I just want to do photography. And I think that will be the most amazing thing so I decided one day that I was just going to quit my job um, and to do that before I quit my job I wanted to buy some houses because I didn't want to quit my job and not be able to buy a house <laughs> just casually just wanted to buy yeah. some houses <laughs> so um, I was making really good money so I went into the bank and I borrowed a million dollars and then I went and bought two houses in Melbourne and then the next week I quit my job and I had no no safety net um, all of a sudden you know, no income because Lilu, my wife also, she was studying. So there was just no income coming in. And so I really had to brainstorm, like, how can I become a full-time wedding photographer when a few different roadblocks. One was, didn't really know how to use my gear. One was, I really had no work booked in. And another one was, I've never been to a wedding before. Um, so those three things were kind of like roadblocks, but I worked my way through them. And one of the big things was I really needed to, it was going into winter and I needed to build my portfolio really fast and start making some money because I had two mortgages and everything else. So I 
made a plan. Um, I sold my $20,000 car and I put I bought two flights to the US for three months and um, I used all my money. We sold all the stuff around our house and Lilu and I just went over there and I put shout outs on Instagram and I contacted blogs and I contacted magazines, contacted wedding photographers, contacted venues, contacted oh wedding gosh. planners and I just told everyone I'm going to shoot for free if you can just refer me any work. And so I went over there and we shot about eight weddings for free and that was the start of my career. And I, those weddings got published in Hello May and June Bug. And I picked up some sponsors and I met a whole bunch of people. And when I come back to Australia in my first three months of business, I was an international wedding photographer, yeah, come on. published wedding photographer. So it really kind of kickstarted my whole career. And from there, I had to learn how to do photography and everything else because <laughs> obviously I had to catch up to my own name. Oh, that I'm sense. definitely there. Uh, I still, I'm just not a gear guy. Like I take you know i shoot weddings but um i'm working very hard at the moment to understand my gear while we have so much time um totally yeah that's um that's such a story i don't even know those those little details wordpress um those those days that's amazing mate um oh my goodness and then hate and then today you are um you're still shooting weddings and i guess you you still love what you do um, which inspires me, um, like when I just see what you, you do. Um, but I would say like with just putting yourself out there and I guess, you know, you gloss over that you just went to America and shot all these weddings, but did you have a moment where you're like, oh man, this could just all, this could just all go to shit. Like, were you worried that you could fail or did you just know that there was something uh, you just knew? There, there was, I, I think it was like, um, 80, I, I put it down to like, I think 80% was a definite, I was definitely going to fail. So it wasn't like, oh, will I succeed? It was like, I'm, de- I'm probably going to fail. But it was like, did I care? Nah. Like, yeah. do I care now? Like, no. Do I still do things now? I know I'm going to fail. Do I care? No. Because I think if I don't try, that to me is like I'm failing. Bef- like before I even do the process to find out if I'm going to su- succeed, I've already failed. And that kills me so much more. So even now, like, I take so many risks, but I feel like the educated risks where I calculate, like, is this a good idea? And I'm like, okay, so there's a 90% chance I'm going to fail this, but I've got 10% chance I could succeed. Like, surely that's yeah. enough for me to, like, jump in and do it. Like, isn't it, though? Otherwise, otherwise there's a 100% chance I'm going to fail if I don't try. Yeah, I see So, that yeah, I, I, I feel that, man, definitely, always, always wow. feeling that. And I think those just aren't the metrics that a lot of people go by. They don't think, oh, I've got 10% opportunity. I'm going to go for the 10%. And we always see, I think, well, not all of us, but a lot of us just see that 90%. And totally. I guess this actually connects, this connects really well to what I wanted to ask you about um, when it comes to mindsets, because you are someone like that you're, you're quite like, there's not a lot of people I know that just have the mindset that you have. And it's really encouraged me when it comes to uh, money and opportunity and just seeing the, uh, I guess, seeing the opportunity and going for it and putting everything on the line because what have you got to lose? Um, mm. When did that, when did that like, mindset start for you? Has that always been something you've, you've had? Um, how have you created that, I guess? Man, it's definitely something I've always had, like, 
you know, I don't know if you know this, but like when I was younger, um, we went through a lot of hard times. I went in and out of like women's refuges. Um, there was a lot of domestic violence. There was t- at a point of time when we were homeless. Wow. Um, my dad used to, you know, deal a lot of drugs, take a lot of drugs, and we would be in halfway houses and I grew up in housing commission and all that kind of stuff. And I think just like getting the education from the streets, it makes you identify where the opportunities are because you feel like a lot of the times it already is 90% darkness around you. So if wow. you can see one light, like if you can see one candle, then that to me is so much hope. It's like, oh my God, look at that. Like you're telling me it's dark. Like look at that one little Ugh. sparkle of light. It's all I need to know that I can get something done or I can do something or I can push through. And I think um, I was watching an interview actually not too long ago with um, the the rapper 50 Cent and he was talking about when he grew up on the streets Um when he goes into big business meetings now, people ask him if he feels overwhelmed or if he feels like if, you know, things are hard. And he, and he said, like, I have been through so much more. When I go through one of these meetings, everything's in my favor because, you know, this is nothing compared to what I've been through in my life. Wow. So, yeah. you know, when you put it into, like, perspective, like, when I think, like, oh, I might quit my job and I'll, and I'll lose everything and... Um, you know, to try and become a photographer. Like perspective is like, I've already been on the streets. I've already been through, you know, all this other stuff. Like what more, like, is it going to get worse than that? I don't think so. Like if I have to live in my car, like, is it going to get worse than that? I don't think so. And so I think like having that tolerance, um, like growing up like that gives you a different tolerance to risk because for me, like, do I care about being humiliated in front of everybody because I gave it a go and I failed? No, that doesn't even register to me because I'm like, I've been humiliated my whole life and I don't really care about that. I've got so much more to gain, so much more to gain. Like if you're down here, it means there's too many doors to be open. There's there's too many chances for me right now um, in a world that's everything favored towards me. Like I would be doing myself and all the people around me an injustice if I wasn't making those opportunities and like, and jumping on those opportunities, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jai, thanks for sharing that. Like that, that's incredible. I, yeah, I didn't know that about your, um, I guess, yeah, when you, you were a kid and the things you faced, um, and that's such a, got a, I got goosebumps to be honest. Like, that was such an enlightening <laughs> perspective. If we can just see, uh, yeah, the light, if we can just see that one, uh, little glimmer, um, I think that is so much more, important and i think we're just a lot of us aren't looking for it because we're just so busy and and wanting to just keep what we have already you know we're not Mm. taking risks we're like oh if i can just you know hold it all together if i can just make it to next week um which sounds quite dark but uh, even i think when it comes to finance that's something that i grew up with um definitely having some challenges but um I think a lot of us even just live by week to week in our mentality and, and, our, and our thoughts. So to have big dreams and to be going for them is is amazing. And um, yeah, I'm so inspired just by by hearing oh, that man. myself. It, it, it's so exciting. Like how exciting. I mean, you're inside one of my courses and you asked not too long ago, like, should, should I quit my job and um, <laughs> and pursue this? And like to me, I'm, like I'm looking at that and I'm like, what kind of question is that? Like, didn't he just answer that himself by asking that question? For yeah. <laughs> me, like, I would definitely quit my job because I just feel like, you know, with, with entrepreneurship, um, it's like rolling the dice, right? So just say if I said to you, Kurt, like, I'll give you 
Um, you give me a hundred dollars and you can roll the dice. And if you get, uh, if it lands on a six, I'll give you ten thousand dollars. Like, would you do it? And a lot of us will go like, we'll roll the dice and it costs a hundred dollars, and then we'll give up because we lost a hundred dollars and we feel like failures. Didn't make the ten thousand dollars. But what about if you just had more hundreds of dollars and you just keep spinning it, keep spinning it until you hit it? <laughs> yeah. And as entrepreneurs, like, why do we just like dwell on the one failure or the one thing? Like, we can. We can go out, quit our job, go and do something. If it doesn't work out, if you don't hit that six, go back to that job, reassess, go do something else. Like keep rolling that dice because you're going to hit the six if you keep doing it. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. But nothing's going to happen if you just stay in that same job, man, because nothing can, you already know what's going to happen. And so you've already answered you the question. Like I feel safe right now. I'm getting, you know, 30 bucks an hour, like whatever it is. But it's like you answered yourself that question, like, there's not, There's no growth there. You won't yeah. get the $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> um, even just like listening to that, the limiting belief that came to me uh, was, oh, uh, well, it's, you know, it's funding. It's funding this time that I, so I can work on my like side hustle. But even it's, this isn't my side hustle anymore. Like being a photographer, being a podcaster, um, having dreams one day to, you know, educate people like yourself and and write a book and you know speak like those are all things on on my heart and and things I really want to do um but I am I am still I got I I've got that fear you know that fear of being like well right now I'm getting job keeper I'm in a sweet spot we're not getting many like bookings you know all those excuses but I think um I know deep down like I have to go for it <laughs> i do i know that oh man it all just comes down to you making the decision that's it like if you decide you're going to be successful you're going to be rich you're going to have opportunities it's going to be abundance for you you're going to be a full-time photographer you're going to be a full-time podcaster like that's when it happens like when i become a full-time wedding photographer i never been to a wedding didn't know how to use my camera had no money quit my job to be a full-time wedding photographer and the reason why i did that it's because I decided then and there that I was a full-time wedding photographer. And that's why within, you know, one to two years, like I was, you know, I was winning awards of like one of the best wedding photographers in the world because I decided that to happen. Whether or not I made the money or I had to give up my lease and live in my car, it didn't matter where the money was coming from. It didn't, there was no excuses once I decided for myself what I wanted. So you just got to make that decision, man gotta do it just gotta just gotta, gotta pull the trigger <laughs> um man well it's, i guess for for the listeners um what mindsets do you often uh face like when you look at people i guess you know that there's a mindset for me that i may fail which i think a lot of us have the fear of but what are the um the mindsets and the things that you're constantly thinking about um that have helped you get success and i know one of them is is what you just said like you just got to believe that you are um a full-time wedding photographer or you got to just own it and go for it um but i guess when it comes to even some practical stuff like finance and um and you know putting putting uh things into practice what do you so you're talking about me looking inwards of my own yeah, mindset yeah. and, and yeah. the things that i do because i i know that you're you, the things you do just are, I think they're different. And I think that's something that we can really uh, learn from and apply. Yeah, man. I think um, one of the big things, there's, there's so many things here. Like mindset is mm. the number one thing. Like it, 
there's no there's no difference between yourself and myself and someone else, but our mindsets, our beliefs, um, that's pretty much it, and our opinions. So it's like those three things. Um, for myself, it's all about mindfulness. So it's understanding how I feel, understanding like how I make people feel, understanding all those type of things and allowing them to happen. So for instance, if I'm scared that I'm going to lose a lot of money or something um, and I don't want to take a chance to quit my job or something, I would sit with that and I would feel how that makes me feel. And then I'd feel, how does it make me feel by not taking a chance? Or how how do I feel if I did take a chance and I succeeded? And I, and then I allow myself to live that for a second. What, what if I actually did succeed? What if I was a full-time wedding photographer? How would my life look like? How would my life look like if I was flown around the world and I was talking on stages? Like, how would that feel? And so I make sure I put myself into those situations so I can actually live the life that I want before it happens. Does that make sense? So that's on one side of the thing. So that's how I like attract success to myself. And then on the other side, I make sure I deal with everything. So if I'm scared or if I'm you know unhappy or I'm angry or something, I make sure that I don't dismiss those feelings and I just sit with myself and I feel them out. And then once I'm ready with those feelings, I think like, is this best serving me right now? Is this getting me, is this making people around me feel good? Is this getting me to where I want to go to, where that dream is? And then I can subjectively look at my feelings and go like, it really isn't. And you're just being silly right now. And then I'll, and then I can like work my way through it. But you know, of course I don't dismiss those feelings. Um, and we all have down times when things are really hard, especially as creative entrepreneurs. There's so many roadblocks, man. Like, and you have to be strong for it because I can tell you right now, like in my career, I've had to be strong so many times, daily almost, for all the things that I've done. And yeah, I think it's just really important to to really understand yourself, understand the way that you work, um, and be really mindful. So another one is definitely being mindful of how you make people feel all the time. Um, you know, I, I know you've probably noticed that inside the business map, like I'm probably the only educator that gets inside their own Facebook groups and c- communicates with everyone, yeah. remembers everybody's names, comments back on everybody's Instagram captions. Like DM, like if anyone DMs me, I like write back to them. Anyone wants to be on my podcast? Like, yes, like let's do it. Um, (laughs) yeah, there's, there's not many people that do that, you know? And I think for myself, it's, it's just coming back down to mindfulness. Like how do I make people feel around me and how do I want to be treated? And then the way that I want to be treated, I've got to make sure I do that to the people around me. And I know like, you know, being an educator, I've been in tons of courses, you know, especially lately. And, you know, I was in one not too long ago and, I, and I've told people this a few times, like it cost $10,000 and it was a big deal and I got in there and I didn't talk to the person once. They didn't even get into the Facebook group, never heard of them and and that was it. And I just felt like, and it was only for three months and I felt like at the end of it, I was like, I feel like they could have put in a tiny bit more effort. Yeah. And it's interesting because then I make sure I put an extra effort into my stuff, you know, making sure that... I'm the support that people need or um, that I'm just listening basically. And that's how I want people to feel around me. I want them to feel like they can talk to me and they're going to be heard and seen. So, yeah, I think those things really help with your mindset um, and attracting opportunities to yourself because if you make people feel that way, then people will be attracted to you and more doors will open and more opportunities will come your way and more people want to collab with you and work with you and book your services and pay you money and all that kind of stuff. So 
it really does have like a huge knock on effect, like bringing that value to the people in the world. Um, and one more thing, I just want to say, yeah. um, becoming a giver. So my dad taught me this when I was young. Like, you know, my dad was always on welfare and um, we had no money and times were tight. Like we would, we would literally have charity coming around, like furnishing our houses and, you know, Christmas time would be down at St. Finney's and we would get meals from them. Um, and my dad, he would give away all of our money or all of our gifts to other people that needed it more than us or you know, he'd always just be giving. And one day I said to dad, like, hey, dad, I, I saved $50, but I really want $100. And I remember him saying to me, like, if you want $100, you need to learn how to give away the $50. Wow. And I just didn't understand that concept. And I thought dad was crazy until I was older. And I realized, like, if you want something, learn how to give up what you have. Because people that hoard things and try and get things for themselves, they don't get anything. But the people that give... It all comes back around, you know, in tenfold as well. So if I want a thousand dollars, man, all I need to do is need to learn how to give away that thousand dollars, or give away that value, or give whatever it is, instead of trying to save like most people try and teach you. You know, keep it for yourself, hoard all that, hoard the money, hoard the things, don't share the secrets, all that kind uh, of stuff. Yeah, that that's so true, and I think that's. Generosity is so important, um, and I've definitely experienced that in my life. The more we give, um, I, I, do, I truly do believe the more that we receive, and not just in, I think, monetary terms, but Jai, you give so much of yourself to people, um, and I know that that always comes back like tenfold. Um, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> this, I'm, loving, I'm loving this conversation. I hope whoever's listening is, because, wow, there's, I'm just... I need a pause almost just to take all that in. I'll probably <laughs> listen to this back myself. <laughs> um, but I think, um, you know, with giving and and when you face, you're facing roadblocks. I know this year the biggest roadblock all of us are facing has been COVID. Um, and at a time where you could have just given up and I was listening to this in your podcast tonight with Shade, um, you've you've just stepped on the, you know, the throttle. You've just been like, nope, there's opportunity here. People want to learn, people want to grow. And you've started the six-figure business course. Um, you've started, you know, just encouraging more people, creating more groups. And I think even Lilo has, like that's your wife that's spreading to her as well. So totally. Um, how did you, yeah, how did you just decide that's what I'm going to do? Because I can tell just by your mindset, that's probably why you did this. But when people were closing up shop, you're like, no, I'm going to help people and empower them. It's interesting because I think like as an educator, I'm always trying to help people. And for the, and for years now, like my first workshop was in 2015. And the thing was like in the last few years, things have been good, man. So things have been so good in like say 2018 and 2019. It didn't matter if you knew photography, as long as you just made a website, bought someone's preset and you could start a business and it's like happy days. And what's happened was I was teaching, you know, business and all this kind of stuff, but not many people want to listen because times are good anyway. Mm. And I think like what happens when the times go bad, it, it takes off the mask of the vulnerabilities of the businesses that can't be sustainable. So, so many people go into free fall 
and there's so much chaos, right? Like people just, even I, I was just in a Facebook group just before this and someone was trying to argue with me saying that like no one is booking work, right? And I'm not going to argue with him. If he believes that, and then that's great. But at the same time, I've made more money from my photography business this year than I've ever done. And you've seen my figures. I think I've even posted those figures. Yeah, like, I did see them and I couldn't believe it. I exactly. Was, I was annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. But but the thing is, like, people won't believe it until they see it. But the thing is, it's not the COVID thing, like, that doesn't change my business. People are still booking for me right now for 2021, 2022. Um, like, I put up my deposit, so I'm making more money now. Like, there's so many things that you can do. There's so many opportunities. But what I do have now is... You know, the first thing the light clicked was like, okay, people need my services more than ever. I have more time than I've ever had. There's um, things have totally changed. So that means like there's more opportunities than I've ever seen before. And it's all right now. And opportunities come in recessions and they come when something changes because money exchanges so quickly. Like, for instance, like when something happens like this, I don't know if you've noticed, but more there's more billionaires making more money now, and there's more pe- poor people losing even more money. Yeah, it's not it's not because of anything else, but because of the mindset of a billionaire, right? A billionaire sees something happen and goes, "Oh my god, look what just happened! There's so much opportunity right there. Like, all I have to do is this, and I'll make tons of money." Where someone is losing money, they're all they're looking for is they're just looking for someone to tell them that yes, it. It is all over. Like you can't do anything right now. I knew it, you know. So they're trying to find like that. Um, what's the word? It's kind of like a reloop of just yeah. validation. They're trying to find validation instead yeah. of trying to solve the problem or find that opportunity. Now, I'm not saying it's like fair that billionaires are making all the money and, and the lower class are like losing all their money. But it does come down to right now. Here's a real world example. If you wanted to start a wedding photography business, Right now is a such a better time to do it than it was last year or the year before or the year before because there's so many more people going out of business right now. There's going to be so much more work coming up. Um, you know, there's so many reasons for it. You can build a, a bigger audience. There's more people online. You've got less capital. I mean, you've got less overheads. There's so many different reasons. So when I look at it right now, I'm like, oh, my God, if you're going to start a wedding photography business, it shouldn't have been 2019. It should be 2020. And, man, these opportunities right now, like I I get headaches every day because I'm just seeing too many of them and I can't grasp <laughs> yeah. You know, I just don't have enough time. Yeah, of course. Because it's insane, dude. Like, it's absolutely insane. Like, Yeah. You're also starting a clothing label. Of, yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, so many things going on, and, man. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's insane. Yeah. No, I can I can definitely see that. Um, but but the sense. thing is, it's hard to tell people that in the mainstream, right? Because as mm. soon as I say that out to someone, unless it's someone like yourself, Kurt, um, goes like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to listen to what Jai says. I'm going to join the six-figure business map and maybe we can get something off the ground. But 99% of people are going to say it's impossible. It, ha- it works for him because he's got an Instagram following. It works for him because he's on a podcast. It works for him mm-hmm. because, you know, whatever whatever reason they want to bring up for themselves. But instead of making up excuses, like, we need that- we need to open up the discussion. Oh, and yeah, completely. I... um. I was actually reading something yesterday in, uh, I think it's called This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. And he's just a genius when it comes to marketing. But he said, you know, we we look at everyone with the massive following and we look at the people that are paying all the money for advertising. We look at all the limiting, you know, all the limiting factors. But really in these days, we only need like an audience of a hundred. And how mm. I've um, 
how I've focused on wedding photography this year, and it's also something I think you've you've mentioned. I just thought if I book thirty people a year at the price that I have right now, I'd be a six figure wedding photographer. You know, like some easy. you know how easy and I'm is like, that? All I need to focus on is maybe one or two bookings a month, and that for me gives me the space to start this podcast. Gives me the space to mm. help other people, um, and that's that's been the game changer for me and I've still been able to work you know I work three days as a barista in Bondi and that sometimes got to my ego and it got you know it was getting to me but then I've actually realized that because I talk about the podcast I talk about what I'm doing all the time they all have listened to my podcast they're all like encouraging me and supporting me so I've even built a base with them as well so totally they're like my family now so thinking about leaving that job is sad but someone said to me last week they're like well you're obviously making money in photography and you're obviously doing really well with your podcast doesn't mean you can't bring your laptop here and sit at front of the cafe with us and have a coffee you know you're just not making coffee anymore and i was like Mm. you know just that in itself i was like these people still want to see me i'm not going to lose anything it's always we always focus on what we're going to lose we don't focus on the people that we're serving you know um, oh man, it's so true. And like one of the things, the reason why people like one of the biggest reasons why people never hit a million dollars or five hundred thousand in their business is because they're scared of losing themselves now, and they're scared of the transformation. Because like we can all do it, but then we think we sabotage it for ourselves because we think like, oh, with more money, there's more problems, there's more work, there's less time. Like we have all these things, but none of it's true. We give ourselves those excuses before we get there so we never get there. And that is like 99% of all of us. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard thing to do to like lose what we know and ch- and change our lives, you know. Really hard, dude. Yeah, totally. And we're all talking about this stuff and people are going to listen, but they may be like, well, what can I do practically? You know, how can I take these ideas and I guess, you know, put them into action? Um I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> Unlike changing your life, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've got lots of thoughts on changing your life. Like, <laughs> I, I think the first thing, like, you would want to do, like, if you're a creative entrepreneur and you do want to see yourself evolve, you want to see yourself um, step into that new life. Like, you really need to imagine it for yourself first. And every single time you come up with a reason why it won't work, or it can't work, or it shouldn't work you got to recognize that as a limiting belief and then you've got to work through that limiting belief. Even if you ask someone else, like I used to do this with my workshops. Um, I'd ask someone, you know, like, what would you do if you had a six-figure business or if you're successful or whatever? And they'd tell me, I'm like, well, why aren't you there yet? And then they would tell me why. And then them just verbalizing the reason why they're not successful would sound so silly even to them. And then they realized that it was just such a silly excuse that they gave themselves and they can move past it. So we all need to move past those things. Like I need to do the same, you know, like why is my business only making half a million dollars a year, not $1.5 million? Because I have a limiting belief. And so I need to work on those things and we all need to work on those things to get ourselves to that next level. And once we get there, we can continue on and continue on. So yeah, that's like a practical thing. Yeah, and that, oh, that's so helpful. I, I have to write down, pretty much every day I have to write down like, things I'm grateful for, but also things that are my limiting beliefs and the things that are worrying me. And I found that that's helped so much. If I just write down oh, all, totally. those, all those excuses, even today, like interviewing you, 
I always get nervous before I interview people. Um, and I just, I actually wrote down this. It's like, Jai Long is for me. Jai Long is a supporter of me and he wouldn't be if he, you know, like, like I'm part of your business course and like you always respond. I just, I brought the facts to light. I'm like, these are the facts. Mm. Jai is, Jai is someone that is ch- like encouraging me. So like, this is all just fear. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a great way of doing it too. Like mm-hmm. if you literally write down like the people that love you, the people that support you, the people like you literally look at those things and you're like, man, like I've got everything. Yeah. Well, like, why am I stopping myself? You know, there's no 100%. reason. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, we, we do go- need to, yeah. we do need to actually write those things down. Like, um, actually on my podcast, we were just talking about this and I was talking to, um, Sade and, like she was saying, like actually writing down those affirmations and putting them on your window, like it sounds like a stupid thing to do. or It does sound like, oh, yeah, what's that going to do? But it actually changes everything. It changes the way that you feel. If you wake up and you see something and you're telling yourself something or you're talking in the mirror and you're telling yourself something, um, it creates the confidence that you need, you know, for so many things. And like I know I definitely do it. Like if I'm in a bit of a rut or something, I'll literally start talking to myself. You know, I go for walks and I'm like, no, Jai, you know, that is a limiting belief and you need to stop that right now. Like you deserve this. Like you worked for this. Why are you trying to like sabotage yourself? Like why, why, why? And I'll work my way through it. And I think it's really important to actually write those things down. Yeah, 100%. Um, are there, is that like, do you find yourself doing that most days? Like what does a day look like for, for Jai Long? Yeah, so I wake up whatever time because there's no alarm. Um, <laughs> and then I go um, and have a long shower because that's just the way I like to start my day. And then I cruise down to the coffee shop um, with my dog. And then I usually go for about an hour and a half walk. And I usually digest an audio book or listen to a podcast for half of it. And then the other half just sort of walking around. And then I'll come back and I'll have some breakfast and then I will start getting into some work. So that's usually like my start of the routine kind of thing. And I find like the less work that I do, the less um, distractions I have, like the more money I make and the more impact that I have. So for me, it's like really important. Like I know some people have an alarm and they wake up and they catch a bus, go to work and they work eight hours a day. And I think like I'm make so much more money if I work three hours a day because it allows me to have, you know, six hours or five hours of just thinking time because it's all about making that big impact, man. It's not about sitting yeah. on a seat and like checking Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've even found that for myself. I, I used to, um, listening to Sade, you guys having that conversation yesterday. Um, I noticed that we don't need to work us, you know, we don't need to work ourselves to the bone. Sometimes it is just a few hours and, and that big impact. And I find that when I just create a bit of space to hit off the biggest things of the day, then I'm, I'm sweet. And it gives me the space mm. to just enjoy, like, say, I love sunrises. I love running down to Bronte beach here in Sydney and taking photos. And that's a life that I, that's why I'm working so hard as an entrepreneur is because I want to have that freedom. I want to sleep in, I want to be able to just let not have an alarm. Like that's the dream. I want to be able to look totally. at a menu and not look at the price, but just eat what I want to eat. Like I know this sounds so 
Sleeve it. Oh, dude, the, I had that. Yeah. I had the same ambitions, man. The same yeah. thing. Like, I wanted to be able to just get Uber Eats every night and not even think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, and it's one of those things. Like, some people go like, "Oh, I can't believe you get Uber Eats or you're eating over yeah, there. It's too expensive. 100%. Or let's not get it wine." And I'm like, man, I haven't even thought about how much the cost of petrol is or how much anything is. My rent is for years because it's not mm. even a thing anymore. It's not because I'm making squillions of dollars. It's because I'm so rich with opportunities, and that means like. You know, money replenishes itself. It does. As long as yeah. you've got the mindset and, you, and you're look, looking after yourself and you've got the physical health, mental health, like money just, it just keeps coming back. Like so many of us are scared to spend money, but a lot of us spend money on the wrong thing. We spend money on something that costs us money when really like we need to spend money on something that makes us money. Just like you being inside like the business map or something like that. Um, you know, I, my bigger ticket items is like I'll sign up to a course or a mastermind and it makes me money or I buy a house or I'll buy, you know, a Bitcoin or something like that and things that yeah. make me money. But then everything else, like, you know, I don't buy new cars and TVs and random stuff because it's just not like I can't afford to buy those things, to be honest. Mm. And it just depends what your money dial is as well. That's something someone much once mentioned to me. Like for me, my money dial is like what I love to spend money on and I create a bit more space in my budget for it. And that's food um, and like mm. cafes because I love catching up with people. I love having conversations and I don't feel bad if I spend $25 on a meal a few times a week. Um, totally. Because that's what I love to do. And why I invested in your course is because I knew that being in being on an online space when I wanted to give up and when I wanted to just give in to all the fear that was surrounding me, I was like, I'm, if I'm going to take these steps, like I need a community. And I'm so glad that I did because it's just being the best having such support and, and being able to focus on something and have a sense of purpose. Um, and oh, I think, yeah, man. Yeah. And I think you you said that completely wrong. You said you just like signed up and paid for my course, invested in my course, <laughs> but you invested in yourself. Yeah. Like, that's actually what it is. Yeah. It's so interesting, man, because, like, I do it all the time. Like, you know, you know, I sign up to a course, but the way I look at it, I'm like, I, I didn't pay for that course or pay for them. I just paid, um, like, that $10,000 course. I paid $10,000 to keep myself accountable to take action on what that person's teaching me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I literally, that, that's the way I, I do it. And then I'm like, do I have the skills to 10 times that money? So with the information this person's given me, can I make $100,000? And I already know I'm going to do it because I paid $10,000 to keep myself accountable. And then that's how I work something out. So for yourself, if you pay $2,000 for like a course, like can you book one job from that? And then does that pay for itself? And then it's a free course, but you're definitely going to book one job because you paid to keep yourself accountable. Like you're going to do the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I actually last week I got super lucky. I think I said it in the group. Um, and if they're listening to this, thank you for this job. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, I just had a, I was podcasting. I was in my friend's podcast studio, and um, he said, "Hey, like our videographer pulled out for next week. Could you help? Could you help me with this job?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm happy to help." So, you know, that one job pretty much paid for this the course, which I'd already paid for. But just thinking mentally, like. That oh, I did the same. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just such a. That's just what I do. I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm, there it is. Yeah, everything's yeah. now just as a positive. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been looking into even getting. Um, I guess like you can get JobKeeper on your ABN, which I didn't realize. So I could, I should be able to start working just fully for me soon, which would be great. Um, That'd be awesome, man. 
Yeah. Um, but just to, I guess, wrap up, I have five flash questions I ask everyone on the on the Up and Becoming podcast. So, All right, I'm nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. <laughs> it's easy. Um, Put me on the spot. Let's go. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the first question. Uh, no. Which of... <laughs> <laughs> Did I get your... it right? Yeah. <laughs> Shush. What's your what's your favorite film or series? Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, like since Netflix came out, there is so <laughs> many good series and I love them for so many different reasons. Like I think like people have stepped up the game on um just color grading even and like cinematography. So like because I'm a photographer, like there's I don't know, there's so many series where I'm just like blown away yeah. i love series that are true stories so i was a big sucker for narcos that when that came out yeah I couldn't stop talking about it to everyone because i couldn't believe i was like if this wasn't a true story i wouldn't be able to watch it because it's just too unbelievable yeah and then like as the series evolved like um even the cinematography got better and better and and the storytelling was really good so yeah things like that i'd say i'd say narcos narcos <laughs> um what's one book it can be audio <laughs> that's left a mark on you and why? Think and Grow Rich. I just finished that one not too long ago after everyone's been telling me to read it forever. Um, it's really outdated. So unless you're like a avid entrepreneur, I wouldn't read it. Um, but if you're into mindset and stuff like that, like it's, it's pretty good. Um, it's left a mark because it's, you know, when you read something and you're like, oh, I already knew that. But then, it, you know, they tell you the secret and the secret's what you're already doing anyway. So yeah. I think for me, that was really cool. Yeah, because funny, I'm actually reading that right now. So that's funny. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, yeah. And it's true. If you think, yeah, what, what we've been talking about, if you if you can think it and you can dream it, um, it can become like it can become a reality. Um, totally. Uh, what is... Uh, What's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? How young are we talking? Oh, you can choose the age. <laughs> um, someone asked this the other day. They said, um, asked, oh, uh, tell yourself three questions if you met your, oh, sorry, uh, three words if you met your 18-year-old self. And I just said, like, buy Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> because if I met my 18-year-old self, like, that would be the, that would definitely be the thing. I'd be a billionaire, wouldn't I? Yeah, um, I, I need to get into Bitcoin. I don't know much too much about it. <laughs> um, yeah, like in terms of advice, I think I, I guess I'd probably tell myself that I'm doing the right thing. I'm already on the right track because when I was younger, like, man, I had my first business when I was 20. I was bankrupt by the time I was 21. And then I had my second business by the time I was 23. Like I've been doing this my whole life. So it's not like it's a new thing. Like I was never like the person where, you, you know, you can do it, like believe in yourself. Like I was doing it before anything you know i finished school when i was 15 yeah. and i was like straight into an apprenticeship and i've never had any of those like self-doubts or any regrets of uh, i wish i went back and did something um and everything that i did when i was like 15 i'm still doing now like you know just keep showing up adding value keep pushing forward consistency like consistently show up for people and yeah i think i think man i'll just say like you're on the right track just keep doing what you're doing Bro, thank you. <laughs> Such a, um, what does becoming mean to you? Um, I would say that f that one word for myself 
would be me stepping into my future self, and my future self is 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 like me tomorrow or me in a month's time or two months time or two years time. Um, I just see my future self as always like I'm just always a little bit better than I was yesterday. So today I feel like you know I've made more impact and I've done you know, I've, I've reached more lives and I've done so much more than I did yesterday. So every day I'm making sure that I'm always doing that. And I think, yeah, growing into the man that I want to be would be becoming for me. Awesome. Good, good answer, bro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, and then the, the last question, what are you dreaming about right now? Uh, my Bangalore house. Hey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just keen as to... Um, to get that thing off the ground and start building it. But um, I think other than that, I actually dream of um, getting the business map really successful. And I think every single day I'm, I'm thinking about how I can do that, how I can open up opportunities for myself, how I can reach more people, impact more people, how I can optimize that um, course so I can do a better job for you guys. Like that's probably like every day that's like my dream at the moment of just like how could I do it better? Like literally today I was thinking about how could I restructure it better so people could understand it better, digest it quicker, get more uh, wins quicker, like get more value yeah. from what I'm putting out there. Um, yeah, so that for me, like if I can in a year's time or two years' time like make that, you know, bigger, better than what it is now, like yeah, that's what I dream. Wow. Yeah. If I if I could just encourage you, man, like you're you're doing an incredible job. You truly are. Hey, you're serving so many people. You're always thinking about others, um, and that is that's making such a big difference. So, hey, thanks so much for the conversation. And um, if you do want to leave anything with us, like if you've got any thoughts you want to leave for the listeners, um, please do. But yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to all the listeners, all the people becoming into their new selves, I would say um, don't be so scared of becoming into that new self. Like I think you should need to sit down, visualize what that looks like, what does that new self look like, what does that success look like and live it, breathe it, taste it, feel it, like actually be that person and then work out how to become that person. Whoa. How good was today's episode with Jai Long? I I have so much to think about and I would encourage you to sit down and reflect on what he shared because if we really do take on what he talked about, being generous, lifting others up, I think we could honestly change so much <laughs> for the better and yeah just excited for you guys to to learn from today and um if you learn anything please leave a review on apple and subscribe um and i'll see you next week for the next episode of up and becoming